Hey, what up, Peak Freaks? It's your lazy shark captain, Kevin, here. Welcome to the latest episode of Peak Freaks. Before we get started, shout out to Alexandra Wenzel, who left the Peak Freaks a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Alexandra says, didn't listen. Wow, thanks, Alexandra. Glad you're enjoying the show. If you too are enjoying the pod, make sure you leave us a five-star rating, write a short review, or just skip your vote in the 2024 election. I'm a big fan of this episode. Lots of new characters getting the spotlight. Apologies in advance if this pod feels a little rushed at the end. I had to pick up my grandma from the strip club, and we were running a little short on time. On that note, let's get into it. Know about this episode? I really, you know, it's called The One-Armed Man. And our friend George has been asking us to talk about The One-Armed Man the whole time. I think we just skip talking about The One-Armed Man (laughs) completely just so he gets upset about it. I mean, doesn't seem like an important part, so. No. (laughs) Well, let's get to the fandom. We open up Twin Peaks episode four peak freaks episode five the one-armed man with sarah palmer describes a man to deputy andy brendan aka pussy cop as he makes a sketch donna sits on the couch with sarah and maddie carries in some tea harry sits on a chair listening sarah says she saw him at the foot of laura's bed it kind of comes in hot so what made her like decide to say this to them I think that she thinks she has an intruder in her house. So she's telling the cops about it. Oh, she's like, oh, someone, this guy was in there, but it's really just hallucination. Oh, that's interesting. Cause I just thought she was having them interpret her dream for her or like recreate her dream. But yeah, it makes way more sense that she probably really thought there was an intruder. Well, they also mentioned that her mom has visions. So her mom knows she has visions. So like, why would she think that's an intruder? I just, I, I don't really know how they knew to like ask her about this guy. Now thinking about it, and it makes so much sense that like Cooper would get a whim of some lady having a vision and he is the type of person that would be like, oh, we have to account for all visions. We have to take everything seriously. Like this is all part of yeah. the mystery of the case. Um, I was a little surprised to see the pussy cop also being the sketch artist. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, like that they're, they're, annoying. they're doing everything around here. Yes, that guy is the early loser of the episode. Yeah, that's not even the most loserous part he does. No, he is. Yeah, he does not win this episode. No. All right. Leland in his bathrobe asks if she told them about the necklace and says that Sarah had two visions. She tells of a flashlight moving across the ground and a gloved hand moving a rock and pulling out Laura's broken necklace. Donna looks away. I was going to say, like, okay, I remember in the earlier episodes, they show someone grabbing the necklace, like, on the ground. Did they show who that was? Or was that, did that even happen? I don't know if that happened. That might have been them just showing the first time that they put it in there. But then they showed Dr. Jacoby pulling his out of the coconut. They've, oh, there's did, been a lot of half-broken hearts that they've shown, like three or four. I don't did know. They, if I did they show them hiding it? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's Under a rock. Yeah, so she knew like her jig is potentially up. I see. That's why she looked away. Anyways, that was a 
overall pretty boring scene and i will say it's an overall pretty boring episode there's some exciting parts towards the middle and a few other redeeming parts but not my yeah, favorite episode i agree kind of lost steam there especially after the big uh funeral uh, scene with um the jock guy i forget i forgot all the characters names bobby <laughs> bobby <laughs> jock is a completely different guy i have i'm excited <laughs> like jock like a like a high school jock no no i have an interesting <laughs> note about that later and i'm very excited to share it with you guys because those two words are very similar jock jock and jock i know i i have an interesting note about that so i wonder yeah. if the note is that jock and jock are the same thing Stay tuned. <laughs> is that your note kevin leave a five-star review if you want to find out <laughs> What what's your thoughts on this um the uh soap opera? Oh, okay. Hammering this down. We kind of mentioned it the previous episode, I think, or the one before that. Well, Dennis, let me cut you off there because yeah, that's so that's the first scene. It's over. It was pretty boring. And then we get to Lucy is entranced with invitation to love, and Harry enters and asks for an update. She tells the plot of the soap. Harry leaves, and Lucy and Andy have a small spat. I want to watch this scene with the soap opera guy because I, I love this guy. Invitation to love. Don't fight it, Chet. You know as well as I there's still something between us. There always will be. <laughs> For God's sake, Emerald. That may be true, but I'm married to your sister now. He, uh, I just like that guy. He's kind of just, I get why he, there's two women fighting over him. He's just like, he's, he's yeah, he's just like a total say, alpha. I think I was gonna say, my only note that I was gonna say is that that guy just has a lot of money, obviously. She kind of goes into the storyline of it, probably has to do with like Twin Peaks itself, the storyline. I don't think it has anything to do, I think it has. Everything to do with nothing goes on in this town. This is the only thing. There's been no other crimes well, that yeah. they know of that they get called out for. So it's just there's nothing really going on. This is what we do in the office because I got nothing to do. Yeah, maybe maybe you're right where it's like that's the drama of the town is this soap opera. But then I don't know because then there's that fucking secret, the book boys or whatever. Yeah, that's funny. Cool. There's so tons of drama in the town. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I said. Seems like there's no drama, but they're not there. It's all behind the scenes. Yeah. It does seem like everybody's just watching too many soaps and they're just excited for any kind of action. But yeah, like you said, Dennis, there's clearly action happening, but maybe that action is only it's a chicken or the egg. Like maybe this action is just because they want the town to be filled with drama. So my next thing was just uh, this guy's voice. Lucy, why couldn't I spend the night last night? Will you be having coffee, Deputy Brennan? His voice is worse than his girlfriend's voice. I think he's a horrible actor. Who is? Is it Andy? Andy's. Yes, name? that's the one name you get right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just edited that last episode for a couple hours, and you couldn't get Laura right. <laughs> 
Well, I think it's because I actually like Andy in this episode a lot. He ended up being my favorite character. But what? We'll move on and we'll discuss it later. In the conference room, Dr. Jacoby performs some sleight of hand with golf balls. Agent Cooper watches him from across the table and tries to get Jacoby to tell him why Laura came to him. I wonder if this is Dennis's prop this time. Oh, yep. <laughs> I saw his light. His eyes light up when they showed him. <laughs> he was ready to get his prop card. I, I honestly forgot when it was coming. I forgot I even had. <laughs> All right, Dennis, reveal your prop because we don't have it clear on record. Two golf balls, one in my mouth. <laughs> one, one behind your ear. Well, do the trick, Dennis, at least. You didn't do any work. The trick is you just put the golf ball in your mouth and you spit it out. like. Dr. See, Jacoby. I think his trick is he drops the one ball down to the palm of his mouth and he goes like this, pops it in. Pops oh. It That's what I got. You think those are real? Those look like, uh, like these are plastic golf balls I have. Just a little trick of the trade. These ones don't look yeah. real in the clip. Those are those are ping pong balls, I think. Or they just look like the kind you hit in your backyard. These are my kids' golf balls. Okay. Jacoby does not confirm whether Laura had problems with cocaine or sexual problems and turns his attention to the map of Tibet and discusses Hawaii and the medicinal properties of ginger. Let's stop there. Let me correct you. It's Hawaii, like he says. <laughs> So I I wanted to walk away from this scene liking this guy more and I think he's definitely like less weird and more just annoying. Right. I got out of this is this is oddly the most like normal outfit he's worn the whole show yet he's still wearing like 3D glasses aviators cuz all his other outfits have been He's wearing a map. Look at it. Oh, interesting. He is wearing a map on his. I guess the longer you look at it, it's the weirder it gets because he's got a bow tie, big bow tie, glasses, obviously, wearing a map. But I don't know. Last one's, I felt like he's wearing a clown outfit. And it just drives me nuts. It's like just dress fucking normal. This scene didn't bother me until the end where he's like, Laura's got a wall of secrets. And like, it was like so over dramatic. Like this fucking eighteen year old girl, she's got a wall of secrets. You can only hope to get in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, hang, the hang loose with the weird fingers. Hang loose, how howies or catch you later, howies, howies. Shit, I fucked that up. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm so, so my takeaway to double down on it is that in this scene, he goes from just being like some kind of weird, creepy pedophile to just sign kind of some. Just odd, eccentric person. Just like he thinks he's cooler than he is. Yeah. Jacoby says his personal investigation will continue the rest of his life and says Laura had well-guarded secrets that he was not able to access. He did say one line that reminded me of something Owen said. Where uh... Oh, I know what it is. The problems of our entire society are of a sexual nature. That is an Owen original. <laughs> <laughs> Owen would always say that in eighth grade. Yeah, I'm like, dude, we just can't get any poon, okay, man? <laughs> no, what I was gonna say was he was doing his own investigation, and it's gonna haunt him for the rest of his life. I remember Owen mentioned that, like, is this guy doing his own investigation? Maybe just weirdly obsessed with Laura Palmer? Oh, I thought you were saying I mentioned it this this episode from past no, episodes. No, no, this is like one one of the first episodes. 
Yeah, when he was listening to the tape recorder. Yeah. Harry enters and Jacoby says that the night after Laura died, he followed a man in a red Corvette to Old Sawmill Road and then lost him. Now that you brought it back up, I think that he might just be really interested in trying to solve the case himself. If he's, she's got secrets that he can't even access, it just sounds like, oh, I don't know what she was thinking because I don't, I don't know that information. So maybe, yeah. I, you know what? The one thing that I notice later in the episode when they're talking to, who's the the two girls are in the bathroom, the one girl like the uh, rich girls, Audrey and yeah. Donna, Donna, yeah. So she's like, Laura was seeing Doctor Jacoby, and Donna's like, is Donna the Girl Donna's like the what the innocent girl, the church girl. Yeah, yeah. She's like, she was seeing Dr. Jacoby, like almost like, oh shit, I was seeing Dr. Jacoby too. So now I'm almost wondering, like, is Donna maybe he was was he ever actually seen Laura, but maybe just through the eyes of Donna and became obsessed with her, overthinking it. I don't get that at all. <laughs> Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> what? That is some. Sometimes I don't like seeing video. I'm watching Kevin's facial expressions, <laughs> just like, what is this guy saying? Uh. Anyways, yeah. My my note was Doctor J. Doctor J said Laura had secrets and she built a fortress. He was not able to penetrate. So it's still up in the air of whether he's still trying to fuck her or not. So. Uh, That's where a normal person says that, Dennis. Yeah. And Agent Cooper asked him, "Is like, did you? you she had sex okay. with three people that night. Was one of them you?" And he just said, "No." <laughs> like he's disappointed he went, nah. that it wasn't him. <laughs> Hang loose, nah, me, bro. <laughs> I wish. On the intercom, Lucy tells Cooper that he has a call from his supervisor, Gordon Cole. <laughs> Cooper dismisses Jacoby and asks him if he will be around. And Jacoby says at the end of the month, he'll be going on a pilgrimage to Pebble Beach. Fucking golf, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I thought. I was like, man, it's... this guy loves golf. Pebble I Beach could... on the, where is that? Is that near there? Yeah, it's on the Pacific Northwest. It's like near San Francisco or like a little bit north of San Francisco, I believe. Either north or south of San Francisco. Okay. The whole time, though, I was just trying to figure out like, is this guy good at golf? Cause he's not the type of guy you think is good at golf, but sometimes you get to a golf course and it's like the weirdest people are like phenomenal. I, he feels uh, like someone that would cheat. Yeah. I was going to say hmm. he's, he's definitely like kicking the, kicking the ball out of the rough. Like, like popping oh, one no, out of his stopped. mouth. Yeah. Popping one out of his mouth. He's like, <laughs> 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 Just while he's playing, he has the ball <laughs> in the side of his mouth. <laughs> okay. That's good. Cooper asks Harry if Leo drives a red Corvette. A couple things that I got to stop and say there. One, it's impossible to hear a red Corvette without thinking of Prince. It's impossible. Yeah. Oh, it was I definitely love- possible. I didn't think about it. But now I'm thinking of it, and I will probably... It's, it's Leo's red Corvette. Ready? Yeah. You guys were right. The all tan outfit is clearly part of his uniform. <laughs> Look, as seen here, Harry Truman's wearing a tan shirt, tan pants. Um, I also noted that he's wearing a two belts, and I like pondered <laughs> that for the two and a half times I watched it. <laughs> and I was like, 
Oh, that's a holster. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, one's holding his gun, you idiot. <laughs> You've just never had any encounter with a police officer. <laughs> or a gun. Or a belt. <laughs> What's this shiny metal thing that he's wearing on his... <laughs> I, I just didn't know the... I didn't know the belt... The holster looked exactly like a belt. I like, guess when, I didn't know that either. I just thought the first two times I watched it, he was just wearing two belts, and I was like, I'm going to blow their guys' minds with this one. <laughs> Um, okay, so after the red Corvette thing, Harry says yes, and that he has men tailing Jacques Renault on the phone. Gordon says that the twine from Laura's shoulders is a common household item, but the twine from her wrist does not match. He says that the marks on her shoulders were bird bites and that Albert is reconstructing the plastic fragment from her stomach. Gordon says that Albert wants Harry's badge because of their fight. Okay, just to summarize that quickly. So they're talking to Agent Cooper's boss, and he's kind of just recapping what their discoveries from the investigation are so far and the autopsy. Yep. Nothing there? <laughs> no. Nothing. I don't like hard evidence, so no. It did kind of – I'm only catching this as I read it, that, like, it's very obvious in hindsight what the J was in her stomach. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just, like – I, I pictured like it was, you know how like Big Bird or like somebody in Sesame Street would have like a letter in their hand like, hey, today's letter is letter B. And then he'd be holding like a big like 3D B. You pictured that? You thought that was in her stomach? <laughs> no, not that, not that big. But I just thought there was like a like perfectly cut J in her stomach. I, I didn't think there was like a piece of something with a J on it. <clears throat> well, I don't, Honest, that- honestly, I thought it was just like, I was like, oh shit, okay, it's a poker chip. That that like makes sense, but I also didn't think like, oh, I should have known. I thought no. that the original thing that would have been in her stomach was clearly placed there. So I had no clue what it was gonna be. Just like how the one under her finger was put under there. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. So. I thought it was like a pill that didn't dissolve. Like, yeah, that's what you're saying last episode. That yeah. was that made a lot of sense. So someone had to shove a poker chip down, or like she bit a po- poker chip, or that's like, a yeah, that's a tough chip to swallow. <laughs> you end it. That's <laughs> ended on that. Thank you guys for the episode. <laughs> Winner of the episode is Kevin. <laughs> um, no, let's not dissect into that too much. I'm sure it's meaningless. Yeah, dissect like Agent Cooper's friend did, whatever that guy's name is. Yeah. Andy brings this sketch from his conversation with Sarah. It is the same man that Cooper dreamed of, Bob. Deputy Hawk calls to say he has found the one-armed man at Timber Falls Motel, and they leave to meet him. My only thing there was that Cooper says something about the eyes being closer together. Racist. Cooper's a racist. <laughs> what race is that? I don't yeah, know, but he better watch his... He better be careful, because he can't <laughs> be talking about people that have a different race in that way. Um, The last thing I'd point out is he says something about being a strong sender. That was my... The only thing I took out of that is that he's just... That's the cockiest thing ever, is he couldn't be there because he's a strong sender. Yeah, like my mental powers are so strong. I can't even be around this. I will completely ruin the interrogation or whatever you call it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he is kind of a cocky asshole. All right. 
Let's get on to the meat and potatoes. At the Timber Falls Motel, Josie sits in her car with a camera. Catherine rubs Benjamin's shoulders and brags about her success in switching the books. Harry pulls up to the motel and Hawks says to check room 101 under the name of Gerard. Catherine and Benjamin joke about their plan to torch the mill. I didn't realize that was a joke. Harry, Andy, and Cooper knock on the door to the hotel room. Andy drops his gun and it fires. Let's stop there before we get to the... Uh, I, I think it was just the pussy cop dropping his gun. What a pussy. Just call him Andy. He's a good guy, but (laughs) if you can win me over, how are you gonna win me over by the end of this episode? Because honestly, he was my not to spoil my loser of the of the episode, but he was definitely it. I'm not gonna spoil it, so if you keep going, I'll let you know. Yeah, so I did not get that that was a joke. The uh torching the thing, I'm like, oh, this is their big plan. They're gonna torch the uh sawmill. Same. I wrote it down. I was like, "Oh, that's nice to know." Like that's a clear plot line that I didn't understand fully, but I guess it was and, a joke. And so this, the Asian lady. Wait, uh, can I ask a question really quick? Yeah. Did she always have like a butch haircut, or did she get yeah it recently from the from the get go? Yeah, it was oh, always okay. been short. Yeah. Okay, I didn't remember that, and I was like, "Oh, she's got a butch haircut now." So she's like spying on them. Yes. Okay. All of that is something. This is the first time. I, I feel like we haven't pointed out anything that might like mean something. That whole scene has to be something. He dropped his gun and fired it off. Put things Wait, together. oh, and I now, you, you brought up a really good point, and I now have a good theory. I think it's more just about how important it is to be good at using guns before you actually are in the situation where you have to fire one. So I think it's almost just like this guy is really not important, but he's just a perfect example of like, hey, if you're going to fire a gun, you better be practiced because when it comes to the heat of the moment. Yeah. I didn't catch that until now, but because there is something that happens later in the episode where somebody else is holding a gun and they say, what about this? Can you teach me how to use it or something? Oh, yeah. Torches bankrupt mill. I just want to ask you guys a quick question. I was wondering what kind of wine they were drinking. Now, when the mill goes... I think it was a rosé. Has rosé always been popular, or is that a more recent thing? It's always been around, I would think, right? I don't don't know. I'd say back then it definitely was, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know the the expression, yes, way, (laughs) rosé. Or what is it? Yes. I was going to say, is that even the expression? Something like, yes, say, Rosé. No way, Jose. Is that a oh, yeah, that, yeah, that's what it is. Not Rosé. <laughs> oh, Rosé all day. Oh, Rosé. <laughs> <laughs> so did they have that expression back then, you think? Because I feel like that's what made Rosé popular. <laughs> yeah, I meant to say Rosé all day. That's what made Rosé popular. Yeah, I think it's just brunch culture. Wait, did I read this paragraph yet? So Andy drops his gun and it fires. Benjamin looks through the curtains out the windows and Catherine says they sound serious. Harry burst into a motel room to a man in a towel with his hands in a closet. He has what? What? He has one arm. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't get why they were so calm about their being gunplay. They're like, ooh. 
Oh yeah, serious. Go ahead. Right outside their window. Yeah, it's like like, get down, baby. They've been watching episodes of Invitation to Love. Like this is just like the normal expectation for a day. Well, Kevin, you just experienced like gunplay, which was actually a BB gun. Oh yeah, that is. Were you pretty calm? Honestly, I was so much calmer than I would ever expect because it's more just like a feeling of. All right, so just for context. I was in a home and we heard glass shatter. And as we inspected it, it was clearly bullet holes. So like you would naturally think you like, if you were in that situation, you would freak out and scramble. But my natural reaction was just like, what is this really happening to me? (laughs) Like, Like what? Get some popcorn and just watch. (laughs) It was. It was just like, what? This is like a movie. I watched some. This is kind of cool. (laughs) Which expect? No, it makes sense because I watch so many movies. Just like, what? No, this doesn't happen to me. That happens to that guy in Cold in July. Oh God, Kevin! I thought you were gonna say that your reaction was way different. Where you like took into like effect like get safe, like take cover and move out to the other room. But it's exactly. The reaction I thought you would have. <laughs> so I'm not shocked at how you responded to that. Did they ever catch who did it? Yeah, it was just a neighbor kid next door shooting out a window just for fun. For fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he might have it out for me. I don't know. <laughs> Mr. Gerard! Don't move. Oh, my God. Keep your hands where I can see them. Ew. <laughs> you, uh, let me know if this- so my thought there was not you. It was, it was, dude, that guy's cut. <laughs> I know. For one arm. Oh, dude, I would kill to have that body. I have a question, though. So I thought the, the sketch got, got, the guy they were drawing the sketch was the one armed man. No, no, the sketch the sketch was that creepy guy that showed at the bottom of Laura's mom's bed and yeah, she's like, oh, which I thought he had only one arm. Yeah, long No, he just was like hiding, I think, right? And then I'm like, oh, they just found the wrong one arm one arm guy. But no. Benjamin excuses himself for a bath and a poker chip falls out of his pocket. Catherine examines it. It reads one eye jacks. Okay. I don't care about all that Thousand shit. Bucks too. Um, where were we at? So, oh, so the I'd say the the one armed guy. I th- th- this is what I w- I forgot that I wanted to say that he just has like very quick alibis. It's a guy that has thought through everything on what he has to say, even when Andy goes over to the suitcase and mistakenly opens it up to reveal all these shoes that fall out of it. And they're all right foot shoes. And he goes on to say, oh, I'm a shoe salesman. That's why they're all right footed shoes because I'm just selling shoes. Yeah. I completely agree because like he has an answer for everything and he handles it so calmly to the point where it's like, okay, he's rehearsed this. This is not, I would be so nervous in this situation. For sure. Dennis, any thoughts on the one-armed man? I I actually forgot about the right the shoe thing. I didn't pick up on that at all. Well, I have an additional point on the shoe thing. Isn't it kind of 
convenient that the guy with one arm only is carrying around a suitcase with one shoe for each foot. <laughs> I like it doesn't really make sense logically, but it's just a weird coincidence. It's yeah. also just like it's like too much. It's like just give the guy two arms <laughs> yeah. for the guy that's carrying around just right in right foot and shoes. Give him two arms. Like I feel like they do this on purpose. It's like one eye jack, one eye yeah. one arm man. It goes from one eye jack to one arm man to right foot shoes. Oh, uh, one dick, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> one large dick. <laughs> No need for no, 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 no. They never mentioned size, Dennis. <laughs> no, they imply it. Yeah. Well, they said he could. He could barely shove it through that Burger King window. He was trying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I thought you were about to do the the thing with one arm. You know, you put your one arm in your uh, <laughs> your sleeve and you put it in your belly yeah, and you do the like, you pump and it looks like it's coming out of your belly. Yeah, it was a missed opportunity on my. Yeah. Own. Yeah, so I want to step back one second because this may come before or after it, but what the fuck is up with Horn wanting to give little Elvis a bath? Oh, yeah, I have no fucking clue. <laughs> that came out of complete left field. Like, the guys Actually, made... that happened, and I'm like, I'm not even going to put the brain effort in to figure this <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> that is probably just like a complete misdirect. <laughs> yeah. Like was did that was there a reference to that earlier in the season? No, there was nothing like preluding to that. That was just like, hey, this is something I normally do. I always give little Elvis a bath. <laughs> the officers show the drawing of the man from Dream to the one-armed man, Philip Gerard. He says he has never seen that man, but he looks like somebody. That was such a weird line. They ask if he knows anyone named Bob, and he says that that are veterinarian bob lidecker is his best friend as in it oh i didn't remember this and is in a coma at the hospital Did, oh yeah that? i don't, that either. I don't Dude, what, what episode are you on i'm on no, the same oh, i do remember that because they asked him why he was at the hospital because his, his friend bob was there right i don't know gerard tells them that he lost his arm in a car accident while he was on the road selling pharmaceuticals but is now selling shoes when asked if he had a tattoo on his now missing arm, he confesses that it did, and it said "mom," which makes him break down crying. Why did they bring that up? Why did they know that he maybe had a tattoo on his arm? And what it said was that mentioned any other time? Yeah, and I in just dream. It? it said a tattoo on his right arm, something like that. Dennis, my question for you is: Now, as a person with one tattoo, like, can you imagine losing it? I was at uh, Disney World and I kind of <laughs> forgot I had it. And a guy's like, Modest Mouse. And I'm like, Oh, God. How <laughs> 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 you get it? <laughs> like, yeesh. Don't want to talk about it, brother. Nice. Gave him the Hulk Hogan treatment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've, we've done enough on the one armed man because it's clear this guy is. He's nothing. He's, he's nothing. Bullshit. Got him. Got him from the series. Whoever actually Seriously. thinks he's something is an idiot. <laughs> um, okay, here we go. The men return to the car, and Hawk tells them that Josie Packard had been staking out the motel. Not much there. We already kind of covered that. I think that's just a sweet name for like a, a Native American guy, I guess. It's Hawk. Oh, yeah, that is sick. And I actually, oh, man, I want to pull up one scene for you guys. All right. Is it the high five? Yeah, it's the high five. <laughs> 
I noticed that too. The worst high five I've ever seen in my entire life. And why? Why put that in there? Yeah. It made no sense. It was so cool. That's how I feel like every Browns game I go to and it's like they score. I feel like I'm giving a high five like that. I'm like, <laughs> it just takes me out of the whole game because I'm like, oh, God, I got to give a high five. That was the first moment since the dancing scene at the high school where I was like, why are they trying to distract <laughs> us? Like that had no purpose in this show. Yeah. At Twin Peaks High School, Donna puts on lipstick in the girls' room and Audrey enters with a cigarette and shares her ambitions of running away with Cooper and conscripts Donna into helping solve the murder. Audrey summarizes some facts about Laura. Donna agrees on the premise of secrecy. I liked that scene because it made me like Audrey a little bit more. She kind of turned into an interesting character where she is now kind of turning into like a detective. And it made me realize that every time Audrey is in a scene, they play different music. They play oh. like, kind of like this noir like she bust into the bathroom smoking a cigarette like a old school detective <laughs> and like on the case so i was like oh she might end up being like the real detective in the series like we all think it's yeah. cooper but it's actually her that's gonna Interesting. solve this thing like i like that. that i yeah i like that too that you notice that they play something every time because they clearly trying to get you to have a feeling that you don't even know that you're having like as soon as she walks in you're like what's going on so that's a good point it's like almost it. like, didn't you say she was dancing to the Pink Panther music? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Like she, like, and I think the Pink Panther was a detective. Like she's kind of the low key detective in this series. Well, it almost, I mean, if you think about it, like the beginning of the series, she like was had no ambitions, was kind of unfocused, just being a brat for no reason. Now she's like focused and knows what she wants and like shows kind of how smart she is. And in any yeah. noir series or any noir movie, it always starts with the detective just kind of being like a brambling drunk. And then some yeah. case catches attention and it's like, oh, I'm going to lock down and sober up for this case. But it's not even the case. It's just he, she wants to bang uh, Cooper. No, no. I think that's like, I think Ooh, that it gives her meaning. Yeah, it gives her meaning. I think the it comes back does. to like she's not as interested in Cooper as she is in just being like solving this case. Okay. <laughs> And then she has this thing where she says, I feel like a hot cold when you hold an ice cube on your skin for a long time. I tried feeling that myself. And I'm like, I, I might know what she's talking about. I was like, I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. Yeah, you, I kind of do. Like a burning yeah. feeling when you have something really cold on you. Yeah, yeah, it's like just the dumbest way to explain it. Oh, and did you physically take an ice cube and put it on your skin, or you just try to? I debated it. I debated <laughs> it. I didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I was honestly stupid, like very hungover watching this the episode, so I didn't move much. But I was like, if I did that, I feel like I don't know what I would feel. I know the feeling, but I don't know how it relates to what she's feeling. It's like that wouldn't. Make... I guess it's just like she feels enthralled, but at the same time, it's like during um... a very cold, dark situation. There's a poem about this. It's you're hot and you're cold. You're yes and you're no. You're in and you're out. You're... Is that Faulkner? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. It's Faulkner. Norma meets her husband, Hank Jennings. I never knew his last name in jail. And he pleads with Norma to back him up and promises that he changed at his parole meeting. 
Hank blames fate for his accident, and Norma says that she will give him a job when he's out of jail and that they will live together. Could you imagine, like, being a parole, like, like on the other side of the parole of letting people on parole or not, and you just see a guy spinning a domino? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, like, oh, this guy, okay, this guy is not getting out. <laughs> Stay in. <laughs> It's like yeah, it's like the biggest red flag. Like he could be holding yeah. a he could be holding a gun and be like, "All right, <laughs> that at least makes sense." Domino is crazy, sucking on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, so that reminded me of Tim Robinson in the Safari sketch where he's got the dice in his pocket. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I think that was like loosely based off of like, yeah, cool guys just have dice in their pockets cool guys just have dominoes in their pockets i think a lot of tim robinson stuff is inspired by this because the overreactions the complete absurdity maybe yeah i i think if you watch this you'll see a lot of tim robinson in this series or you'll see vice versa uh norma's husband is a hunk and i couldn't think of any other way to describe him just because it was the 90s and like hunk was a term people used and um oh wait Going back to Twin Peaks, after I saw that, <laughs> where have you been? Yeah, <laughs> are you thinking of some other guys? <laughs> going back to Twin Peaks, hugs, ninety hugs, John Stamos. Yeah, what were we talking about? Full oh wait, house? what? Were we talking about Full House or the Today Show? Kevin, you blacked out for thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing a dizzy bat. <laughs> You guys can't see, but I just, uh, yeah, I just put a can of natty in a wiffle ball bat and spun around seventy-five times. <laughs> You're doing that by yourself yeah. in your apartment, your your small apartment. Uh, but no, I after I mentioned that Tim Robinson thing and I the dice thing, I looked up Twin Peaks Tim, Tim Robinson just to see like how much of his stuff is inspired by him, and it's just crazy to me that there are meme accounts called twin i think you should leave it's like these twin peaks i think you should leave combo accounts i'm like look we're doing this fucking podcast it takes an hour a week or whatever an hour and a half a week but like who are these people have the time to just like that audience is so small i know once we finish the series i want to look at that twitter okay so uh the uh panel that's judging him for parole uh notably the first black people in the show yeah I actually noticed that too. Two out of three. Two out of three in the panel. I don't know what that means, but it must mean something. And then the last interesting thing that I noted right before we started this podcast is that Hank was in a car accident and the one-armed man was in a car accident. Oh. Two things have to be related. And that scene was right after. Uh, the officers park at a gas station and Cooper remarks that in his dream, the two men lived above a convenience store. Officer Hawk gives the most dank ass high five to the person giving gas. Everybody cheers. It's the coolest ass high five you've ever seen. They walk to Lidecker's veterinary office where inside the waiting room are several women with exotic pets, including a Ooh. llama. The llama. Yeah, very hot. Very hot. Actually, I laugh at the, the, the moment the llama goes right in Cooper's face and he like doesn't even react to it and just kind of goes back to normal. I did too. He that, handled that, that was well. just that, that was so Agent Cooper of him. It was. 
the receptionist looks at the picture and says that it is not Dr. Lidecker. Cooper believes that the bird that attacked Laura Palmer is a patient at Lidecker's office and confiscates the office's files. Um, yeah, my things there were just the guy giving him a high five at the gas station. Also, just that a llama at the vet is a very Pacific Northwest thing, in my opinion. Is that fair? No, I mean, <laughs> I've never. Seattle's more weird about just having like their organic farm animals, and that's what they would have. I don't think they would have the more exotic animals like tigers and lions. All right, let's say, like, I just asked Sarah the other day if we should get a chicken coop. And then <laughs> I was like, is that too weird? She said, yeah. And I was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, that's too weird. So I had a You're like in the city. Bit, so. <laughs> but I planted a garden the other day. And now I'm just like, that makes sense. We could get eggs too. Like, that'd be awesome. And I think a lot, a lot you of like people one tomato have plant? around here. And you just <laughs> yes, write the that chicken is coop? Exactly. Yeah, that is literally what my garden is, but that's it. So at the Johnson's house, Shelly and Bobby make out. It's Ooh. much more than a make out. They it's talk about, out. yeah, it is. They talk about the funeral and Bobby is angry that James is seeing Laura behind his back. Shelly tells Bobby that Leo is with Jock and Bobby walks away to think they make such random notes here. He tells Shelly that Leo and Jacques were running drugs across the border and selling them at the high school. Shelly shows Bobby the bloody shirt and Bobby takes it. She shows him the gun and asks him to teach her how to use it. So that's the scene I was getting at before where like an amateur should not be using a gun. Yeah. The other thing you mentioned, which now I, I think maybe might actually be true, is she's with the jock, Bobby. Uh -huh. Leo's with the jock. jock. The jock. Yeah. There's definitely yeah, something there. I, I like my hunch is that in the future they'll be like Cooper will be interrogating somebody and they'll be like, Yes, he's with the jock. He's with the jock. And he'll be like, Oh, he's with the he's with the jock or he's with the jock. Did so, you yeah. notice that Bobby shirt said just dick? I did. Um, and I, I liked that shirt and I wrote that down. Like a bowling shirt. Yeah, it's cool. And he also he only had it buttoned on the bottom button. Oh, and he also had two shirts underneath it, which I was like, that's a very 90s thing to do. Just like to wear three shirts, like a waffle shirt underneath a T-shirt underneath a bowling shirt. Yes. I didn't realize until this episode that one eyed Jacks is across the border. I didn't resonate with me that it was in Canada, but after listening to the last episode, I, I made more yeah, sense. It sounds like it's in Victoria. Oh, and are you just allowed to like go across the border on a boat or do you still get like passport check? You need, no, you, you need a passport. So they have like a radar thing where somebody will like catch you doing it. Yeah, they'll shoot you. Well, Kevin, sure. dude, Cleveland, if you go to Kelly's Island in Cleveland, one of the Lake Erie's islands, there's an island 10 miles north that's Canadian. People take their boat. You have to call in. And oh, see, that's how it works. Yeah, you have to call them and, just, and let them know. And somebody will meet you out on the lake. No, and, like, check no, your passport. To, no, you just have to like tell them your boat number, who's on the boat. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I always wondered how that worked. Um, my other thing here was something about Leo sewing his initials and everything. Oh yeah. And then uh, the answer to our prayers. There are so many religious metaphors in this show. 
that it's good for a nice Catholic boy to watch. Yeah, for sure. Brings us back, but it that's just so 90s because like how <laughs> how religious are all of our families nowadays versus what they were before. I, yeah. So like I don't think my parents even go to church ever. It might not even be a 90s thing. I think it was just like we were like of a like a second generation where it was like grandparents like were sons of immigrants and then the sons of immigrants did this and then the like we're just like the fourth generation. Yeah. Religious didn't really transfer. It slowly like loses its yeah meaning. Uh let's get back to the show. Leo, okay. you said Leo embroiders his name on everything? Yes. What an awful drug dealer. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Time I mean, consuming. I, did, I, did, <laughs> I never noticed that. I didn't notice that at all. So I said, well, he's going to get I mean, caught doing everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've seen how his bitch wife does his laundry outside. <laughs> yes. He's going to lose it. Just like, yeah. oh, this oh, yeah, is halfway down the street. A raccoon wearing a sweater. He's like, pull it off. And let, be like, let, let me show you get this. <laughs> Let me shut you guys the fuck up because Leo was obviously a tailor. So it's like, he's like, look, I've embroidered this shirt. I've tailored these pants. The least you could do is wash the blood off of it, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> the lawmen return to the station with the files from the veterinarian. Harry instructs Lucy to go through them and look for bird owners. And Andy apologizes for dropping the gun. He tells Lucy about it. She brushes him off. Not important. Yeah, he's just a bitch. Uh, Cooper takes Andy to the firing range, and Andy says he does not know why Lucy is angry. Hawk aces the shooting test, and Cooper instructs Andy to practice every day. Harry asks Cooper if he's ever been married, and Cooper and Hawk discuss the vagaries of love. Cooper shoots four bullets through the eyes and two through the nostrils. Over the intercom, Lucy says that the files are organized alphabetically by the name of the pet. The two bullets... I don't know if that's where we want to start, but that's like the only note I got out of it. Other than Andy being like, oh, you guys could tell that there's something going on. I yeah. just like him that he's just such a like dumb guy. And I don't know. He's entertaining to me. I can't defend him by any means. I think he makes so many dumb mistakes that he's going to trip over something important. Or he constantly keeps tripping over important stuff that the other guys are just too nailed in on different things like this the suitcase of the shoes all of his mistakes that he keeps doing is going to end up adding up to something important yeah, yeah. him, him but, dropping the gun showed that he needed to be trained on the gun yeah. so he's probably going to come back and like kill someone and save someone something I, like yeah that. i do think he'll it'll come back to yeah reward yeah. him but, the training and also i think you made a really good point about the like he stumbled upon the shoes and he just no, just it's just a curious, like, dummy. Yeah. We what? need those. So you guys need to stop bullying him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. Every podcast needs a curious dummy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> and that's me. So I feel like, <laughs> feel like I just stumbled upon this one. Yeah. I, I have uh, two things on the scene. Um, first time we actually hear, like, some, any sort of backstory with Agent Cooper, like, with his love life. Mm -hmm. And there's something weird about it. I was trying to be like, oh, is this some sort of past murder that he's like saying was his love life? Um, oh, I didn't think about that. And then the other thing is when he did, when he shot the target, it almost looked like the guy <laughs> in the woods that was standing there with Leo. Oh, the guy with the mask? Yeah, the mask, the two. It looked like a black figure with the mask. I don't know. I just, 
Oh, I see what you mean because this it was a silhouette that he yeah. shot it through too. Okay, two eyes, two through the nostril, two through that, and they zoomed in on that. Made it a point like Agent Cooper could shoot two right through here and two through here. Yeah, it just reminded me of that figure in the woods that was behind that's, Leo when he had the football. I think that's a good that's a good connection. I think that might mean something. Um. They have a pistol range downstairs in that little tiny sheriff's department, which is mind-blowing and unrealistic. Yeah. And they never use it? <laughs> yeah, like that guy. I'd be, they're fucking eating donuts all day. I'd be fucking playing with guns all day in the basement. Uh, they When Andy's... Man, Andy's name really sticks with me. When he's confessing to them about his love life, he says... They all say women were made with a different set of blueprints. And then they all like repeat, amen to that. Amen. So another religious thing. Amen. Yes. Yes. There's lots oh, yeah. of religion. There's, I didn't even think of that as a religion thing. I just thought of that as a mentally handicapped thing, but it's definitely religious. <laughs> Is it all the same? Yeah. <laughs> uh. Uh, and then the ending uh, thing was Hawk says that he's dating a girl named Diane and Cooper doesn't even blink an eye in that. Oh, yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. He hasn't talked to Diane in a while. You notice that? Oh, interesting. Ooh, it has been. It's like, he's left his like security blanket of like his normalcy. Like this is what I do yeah. every day. He has, he didn't mention anything about coffee. Or pie either the whole entire episode. He was seems like he's, coffee, but yeah, he didn't mention it at all. Yeah, it's like he ditched it all, and things have kind of changed, or either he's getting used to it, or but him not saying anything to Diane. I think that's like the most important thing. Yeah, because that seemed so important from the get go. It's like he's I, losing losing himself in this case. Dennis, I I think that's makes your point even more clear. Just like he's talking about like his love for the case in the real time, because he's like, I learned what it was like to feel vulnerable and like responsibility and lose myself. He, he doesn't say lose myself directly, but like he does definitely imply that he's falling in love or he fell in love. So yeah, that's enough on that. Something about the animals fucking Lucy fucked up again. At the diner, Shelly tells Norma that she has one man too many in her life and says that all Leo was looking for was a maid he didn't have to pay. Made me think of Lisa. Norma, <laughs> Norma sympathizes and says neither of them know what to do with their respective men. Norma says her plans are up in the air and that she is no longer sure she will divorce him, though Shelly says she has different plans for Leo. James enters and walks to the payphone. Norma offers Shelly a day at the spa together. The only thing I have to say is, I mean, it just kind of shows how the two girls have the same life, basically. And they look very similar also, the two diner girls. Yeah, I always get them confused. And then I also get Laura Palmer confused, as well as her cousin that walked in. Who's Laura? So maybe that's a point. <laughs> Did you talk about the guy seeing the cousin? I think he wants to fuck her. 
that's very clear that he wants to fuck her. That guy is a pussy hound because he just like is taking yeah. Yeah. Pussy yeah. Is like, I actually don't even give yeah. a shit about her personality. He's like, this guy girl looks like Laura Dude, Palmer. He, he hung up. Yeah, he hung up the phone and just stood at her and stood, <laughs> stared. He's like, Hello, who are, who are you? <laughs> no, it's yeah, like, he didn't say you? one word. He's, just, he's like a fucking cartoon jaw to the floor. <laughs> No, it's like, okay, I, I'm going to fuck the jock's girlfriend. Oh, she's dead. I'm going to fuck the girl's best friend. Oh, <laughs> her cousin's in town? I'm going to fuck. Yeah, I think this guy sucks. Yeah, okay. yeah I really don't, I actually hate this guy more. Yeah, yeah James is the worst character ever. Yeah, he's the Hater. loser. Episode. I do need to have one quick retraction. Uh, his, they do say that his name is James Hurley. Dennis, in a recent episode, I thought you were talking about Hurley from Lost, and I got so confused. I was like, wait, are you talking about Lost? And no, I didn't realize his name was James Hurley, so I apologize. I actually said his name? You said James Hurley, and I was like, yeah, yeah, the guy wow. from Lost. And I was like, kind of being sarcastic about it. <laughs> uh, anyways, Hank gets his parole and is coming home. All right, now we're at the Horn House. Benjamin uses an exercise bike, talking on the phone to the Icelandic investors. Audrey enters and asks if he is ashamed of her based on the previous conversation. She says that she wants to change her life and help with the family business, saying that Laura's death inspired her to make something of herself. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, never mind. It's, go ahead. Dude, I can cut it. Just tell me to cut it. I want to hear it. <laughs> it was going to be a dumb joke about it. How much do you think Peloton cost back then? <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't want to say it. She asks to work at the cosmetics department. She embraces her father and sees a picture of herself with Laura Palmer. The phone rings and Benjamin dismisses Audrey. He tells the caller to meet him down by the river in half an hour and to be discreet. She's trying to do detective work. All right. The officer set the veterinary files. Gordon Cole calls to say that Albert is faxing the reconstruction of the plastic object from Laura's plastic stomach. It's not her plastic stomach. It's just Laura Palmer's stomach. And that the marks were from a parrot or a Myrna bird. The fax is a poker chip with a J, possibly one for one eye jacks. Andy finds a file for Waldo, a Myrna bird. Oh my God, I'm fucking struggling here. I'm so nervous. Andy finds a file for Waldo, a Mina bird owned by Jacques Renault. Cooper says they'll make a house call. I mean, the bir the bird's name is Waldo, right? That's yeah. A, that's, that's what I was going to yeah. say. You're like, where is he? Right? That's, yeah. The, what's with the couples playing tennis and masks? Oh, dude, I noticed that too. And I'm like, and they focus on them. Yeah, and they're like, it's not cold enough that everybody else in the area is wearing like extreme clothing. It's just like, why? Like, it was like, well, did that's they know the after when they actually go to Jock's apartment? I, no, it made me think like COVID. Did they know? Maybe, maybe it started there. Yeah, because 29 years later, the next one came out. And right at COVID. <laughs> I have to think. David Lynch, baby. He's he knows. Started. He was. I mean, they, they started, started in China. 
Mm-hmm. And there is that Asian lady in the show. If you think about it, the first case of COVID was in the Seattle area. It I was. honestly oh. think it was up by where Twin Peaks was too. So. so this is yeah. So the whole show is kind of like a role playing game, or it's kind of like an interactive series where it's like, yeah, yeah. as soon as you release yeah. this this podcast, we're all gonna be dead. Yeah. <laughs> be like, sh- you guys cracked it. The whole show is based on only things we know too. Like yeah, he knew sure. what we knew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys, yeah. one step ahead. All right. A red Corvette sits in the woods with Leo smoking. Little red Corvette. <laughs> You'll never not hear it. <laughs> A red Corvette sits in the woods with Leo smoking nearby until Ben taps him on the shoulder. Benjamin criticizes his choice of vehicle, but says that Hank believes Leo to be gifted. Leo points to a body and says it's Bernie and that Jacques is back in Canada. Leo does not believe that Bernie gave him up as Bernie was not too bright. Benjamin tells Leo to make sure that the mill looks clearly like arson and hands him an envelope of cash. Okay, so wow. there's a lot to there's a lot to this. Dude, this is like there's oh. so much there's so much evidence around this whole entire scene. They're both smoking cigarettes. <laughs> they threw trash on the ground. Like, yeah, there's there's a murder scene. There's a dead guy. I, wait, I never even caught the dead guy. I didn't there's a dead that. guy laying on the ground, wrapped up in like like uh like butcher paper and twine. Yeah. Oh shit. Twine. <laughs> oh, and <laughs> untwining the situation. I do want to say that uh, Ben is my winner of the thing, just because he's the first guy to like stand up to Leo and call out a shit. Like, also, oh, nice, like nice and discreet, showing up in a red Corvette, and Leo's like, "I could have, you know, you could use someone else." And Ben's like, "Shut, cut the bullshit." Is that his name, Ben? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, really quick, was Leo taking a piss in the woods at the beginning of the scene? No, I think he's just hanging out. Oh, it really looks like he's taking a piss because it's just like I'm you can't tell, but he's just like has his hand like that might be his flashlight. You know, he's always just waiting to shine. <laughs> oh <his> yeah. <laughs> but the big thing... delivery, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> he just is recycling the same joke. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we find out that Leo is friends with Hank, or at least like related to him, um, in some way. And he calls Leo gifted. Leo's losing me. He's he's losing me in this series. Yeah, I would not describe him as gifted. No, he's got balls. And then you're right, Dennis. Ben calls him out. He says you're in business with glue sniffing squish heads. So yeah, he is just like this guy thinks he's a hot shot. He's kind of like the cool guy in high school that's just like kind of like coming well, down to earth. Yeah, I think it it went to show like okay, Leo is not the puppet master here. There's yeah, Leo's who... yeah, Leo's the muscle, but like doesn't know it. Thinks he's smarter, and they're like you're just like yeah. You we we need you, but you're disposable. They kind of go over a lot of shit here, like the fucking arson of the thing, and then yeah, know. which they mentioned earlier in the fandom that that was a joke, but I guess it's not a joke. What is this fandom bullshit? It's fucking probably one person's interpretation of this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Owen, I think you were right because they are like they're clearly littering everywhere and like showing oh, traces yeah. of like the 
plastic cigar wrapper and and just to close out Dennis's thought, yes, I couldn't wrap my hand around it, but he definitely kills Jacques' brother, Bernie. So that took me a little bit to understand. Is that it? That's pretty much it for the scene. James and Donna walk through the woods. Donna says that Mrs. Palmer knows about the necklace's burial, that she had a vision and saw someone take it. James pulls aside a rock to find that the locket is gone. Donna says that somebody must have seen them and followed them. She says that both Laura and her mother had visions and they discuss telling this to the police. Donna says they are the only two who <laughs> loved Laura, that they must find her murderer for the sake of their relationship. Dude, that one guy, the one guy in the woods with the mask, they showed him for like two seconds. He hasn't come back yet. He had to have been the same guy that maybe took the necklace or... That's my guess. I don't know. He's just such a mysterious person that I think lives in the I woods. Think I think the guy with the mask is someone we know already. We're going to find that out. Yeah, who is he? Is it possible that Hank is in and out of prison? Because this guy seems really important. Oh, for sure. No, I mean, especially the last scene. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's in and out. I think he has communications with the outside. Just plays dominoes. The thing, the main thing that they come out, out of the last that scene was the owl, like looking at them, like someone that was them. weird. Yeah, that I was thought weird. that that like meant something about like the bird bites. Yeah, oh, maybe, that. yeah. Ooh, oh, I, I didn't how think close minor birds and owl birds bites look alike. What does a minor bird look like? I don't even know. Fucking I looked it up. It just looks like what were it's like a, a small little bird, right? It's not like anything crazy. Oh. Yeah, I'm sure that owl. owl is important. Yeah. And the owl well, almost like I felt like the owl felt to me felt like Laura Palmer, like watching them. I mean, I, yeah. I have a note here that just says the owl question mark. So it must have been something. Yeah. And then right below it says Donna is horny. So I don't know. Women, <laughs> women can't be horny, can they? No. <laughs> I didn't think so. I know for sure. And then my next note is Josie answers the phone. She has a mustache. Um, oh, yeah. I don't even know when that happens. It's not in this. The wiki. Josie answers a call from Harry who asks if she was at the Timber Falls Motel, but she says to call her tomorrow. Pete enters and says the day at the mill is over and she fixes him a sandwich. He invites her to join him in a fishing contest, and she opens a letter with a picture of a domino with double threes. She walks away toward oh. a taxidermy bear. Then the phone rings. It is Hank licking an identical domino. Josie holds herself, and the credits roll. So, really quickly, like I thought this was a kind of a stinker of an episode, but now I'm back. The only thing I got out of the last scene was the mayonnaise on that sandwich. They like really focused on it. And then she's like licking her finger. Like, could you imagine making a sandwich for someone? And then while you're handing to them, you're like handing the sandwich while you're licking your fingers. And it's not like it's just a random guy you're making the sandwich for. I, I, I think it was a turkey sandwich because I have a bullet point here <laughs> that, that says he eats a turkey sandwich right before bed. Yeah. And- <laughs> But why, the before bed yeah, is definitely weird. But why did you put the question mark? It's just because you noticed there's a turkey sandwich. No, no, just like I've never eaten like right before bed. Like that's the last yeah. time I'm hungry. 
It's well, just, especially a sandwich, like, and yeah. no water, just kind of like raw dog and a dry sandwich before bed. Yeah, I don't really get the whole, uh, like, so that they deliver the mail and she opened it and the guy calls within one minute. How do you know that? I didn't get that. I was so annoyed by that, too. I was yeah. like, this is, I mean, I know they're just trying to create drama. So, like, whatever. But that bugged me big time. <laughs> I was yeah. like, how does he, how does he know? Unless he has people watching. Oh. But now okay. I think it's just drama. All right. Let, let's just end it here. <laughs> so who was the winner of the episode in your mind, Dennis? Oh, shit. I forgot we were. Ben. Just because he puts, he, even though I love Leo, I'm a big fan of his, but he's the first guy to ever say anything to Leo that I can tell that actually like bothers him and like Leo has no good comeback to it. Right, he handled like, Cooper pretty well. Leo yeah. handled Cooper pretty well. Yeah, yeah, he did. So, like, Ben was the first guy that was like, "This guy actually has power over me." Yeah, exactly. That's what that's what I'm looking for. And the loser of the episode is I. It was originally Andy, but now it's um. Uh, Congrats, Owen! You sold him on Andy. Yeah, Hurley. I didn't. I didn't. He's just afraid to say it. No, <laughs> Hurley. I hate that guy. James Hurley. Yeah, he did really just the way he just dogged over the new cousin in town was really <laughs> unbecoming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, like the mask showed up. Yeah. Winners of the show? Yes. Winner of this episode. Yeah. Uh, Andy. I think the only reason I said it earlier is because I think that he's tripping over stuff on accident and he's. I think he's going to lead into good uh, information, and I just like that he's kind of an idiot, yeah, and that as, people kind of look down on him. As a bumbling idiot, he's going to find something interesting, and it'll turn out to be very in- important. Yeah, and loser is Agent Cooper. I think the reason why is that I just feel like he's losing himself. It's not the same person. He's losing it, and I don't think that he's as sharp as he was. So things are getting lost. All right, my winner of the episode is I really liked Audrey in this episode. I like that she's like kind of making a big character shift and getting interested in the case and kind of fucking over her dad. And I don't know, she just she became very interesting to me. And then my loser of the episode is Josie, who still has nothing to offer to me other than just being like a kind of stereotypical immigrant character right now. Yeah. She's like when her scenes show up, I'm like the most boring scenes. And uh, what was your favorite moment? Um, my favorite moment I think was the Ben scene with Leo, just because I like I like the Leo character, but I like that I was trying to figure out a way how someone could kind of get one over on him, and that was the first kind of weakness I've seen in him. And I also like uh, just how crazy that Bobby guy looks all the time, just with his eyes, like. I do like that when he's kind of like hooking up with Shelly and just he he really is unhinged. Bobby. My favorite was the scene with the one-armed man. It was a little underwhelming, but just like I liked the way that guy went from cool, calm, and collective to breaking down at the end about his mom. Like he had all the answers, but they really tripped him up with the what was your tattoo on your other arm. So 
Uh, I guess then my like favorite scene is probably the accidental firing of the gun by Andy. Them being there, the redheaded lady that's always in the bed with the the watermelon tie man, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then the Asian lady with the short hair. Everyone was in that scene. And like a lot of random things happened. So I feel like that was like the most pivotal scene. Yeah. That didn't do anything though. Nothing happened. There was no like aha moment. It was definitely an important scene. We knew that about the fire thing that they're trying to set. We know about the gun. The veterinarian. The veterinarians. Yeah, definitely the most was, I think that was like important. one of the most pivotal scenes. Well, whatever, guys. It was I I, no. I think it was. A, <laughs> I think it was a stinker of an episode. I finished. Yeah, like, the, the episode sucked. Dick. The next episode title is called Cooper's Dream. So I'm kind of excited. It's gonna be horny. It oh is. yeah. It's, I heard it's gonna be wet. <laughs> no, that's Dennis's dream. <laughs> <laughs>